Hello, and welcome to the Blog You Want and the Time You Have podcast, the show that empowers you to stop making excuses to not blog and realize the potential of content marketing. I'm your host, Scott Winteroth, co-founder of contentacademy.com. I invite you to join me each episode for actionable strategies for elevating your blog to the next level and hear from other content rock stars who will share with you exactly what keeps them on task so you can stop wishing for success and start living to your fullest potential. Ready? Three, two, one, publish. Hello, and welcome to the blog you want in the time you have, or should I say content you want in the time you have podcast. It's Scott Winnott here, and I'm here with a special guest, Rachel Noel. Rachel is Harold's out of Denver, Colorado, and we're going to talk a little bit about how she does literary content. She is the, the creative strength behind From the Whispers to Roars literary magazine and is a wealth of knowledge for creating content and has some great creative and innovative ideas for publishing and monetizing. So I thought it'd be really cool to kind of pick Rachel's brain to see what she's doing and kind of get a little backstory on how, you know, she's kind of taking what normally would be um, something that people expect for free and turning into something that people are willing to pay for. Right. So Rachel, welcome to the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. So. Yeah. Excellent. So I know when we talked the other day, we we seemed like we were on the same wavelength, maybe in different spaces, but definitely on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. But before we get too too deep into it, I'm looking at your site. Please explain to me what a Denver typewriter poet is. I'm looking at Ooh, that. Okay, so businesses hire me to come uh-huh. hang out at their locations, whether it's for you know a wedding, a office party, or kind of an event where they're trying to you know get more people through the door. And people come up to my table. I have a 1964 Smith Corona typewriter and they come to the table. Um, they always ask me about the typewriter. They give me a topic and then I write them a poem in under two minutes and they get to take it home with them. <laughs> How cool is that? How cool yeah. is that? That's like, yeah, that's a really innovative my, thing. Yeah. It's one of my like favorite parts of being a poet. Honestly, it's great. I love it. <laughs> okay, so you're from you're originally from Cleveland, but you're not you're not in Cleveland anymore, right? You're you're in Denver. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you've got from uh, kind of where you were to launching Whispers to Roars. Yeah, you know, I was going through this. It was sort of an existential crisis, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. I was I was teaching full time, and as much as I love teaching, and I now teach at the college level as an adjunct, but you know, I was teaching full time and I had all these creative ideas and all these things that I wanted to do and I had no time for it. And honestly, I was exhausted. Like anyone out there, you know, teaching full time or, you know, at home now with their children teaching because of COVID, you, you know how tired and how draining it is. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to rethink this. Like I cannot do this for 40 years. I was like, all right, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to do this. So I quit my job and my parents were like, oh my God, you just moved to like one of the most expensive cities in the country. Like how the heck are you going to do this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. So I, I had this writing background as an English major. Um, everyone says English majors are a waste. They are not. We can talk about that more. Mm-hmm. But I said, okay, how do I be creative, but also make money doing this? And I was like, oh, I'm going to become a content writer. Like, that's great. I'm a good writer. Like, Awesome. So I did that and I launched a freelance business in content marketing. And now five years kind of down the line, I work for a marketing company. I run my own marketing company for small businesses and I'm a poet. So I've published three books. I'm aggressively working on my fourth 
and you know life is good but you know in the midst there when I was I was in this content writing space you know it takes like six months to start a freelance business just because you're like I have no idea what I'm doing and again went to a liberal arts college and as much as I loved it didn't really teach me about how to start a business (laughs) Uh, so you know I was sitting there one day and I was like all right I feel like I'm doing this poetry thing and I feel pretty isolated right you don't people don't really talk about their struggle. They're just like, do it online. And you see like the beautiful end result and you don't see what went into it. And I was like, okay, how do I like create a community around this? Like, how do I get more connected with people? How do I go from the writing side to the editing side? What does that look like? I quite literally took a nap and I woke up and I was like, I'm going to start a literary magazine and this is what I'm going to call it. And two weeks later I started it and I launched like that small business. And now we are about three years old and we've published, that means nine issues. We've published some in print, some digitally. Um, You know, we have a hundred thousand people a month coming to our website. It's crazy, but it was this side project that people thought was nuts of me to pursue whatsoever for a hobby and now it's something you know it doesn't pay all my bills but like it's pretty cool that um I can do it and support other creative people and also like have a little have a little side gig you know it's pretty cool yeah I love it and I, I don't want to overemphasize the monetization of it because I think what you're doing mm-hmm. is beautiful first of all and I think Thank it you. gives people a platform but you know I'm an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. you know and I think that it's interesting to kind of talk about that aspect of sort of Mm. getting people to pay for something online, especially something that like is typically always, I mean, you know, you're welcome to to call me out on this, but it's like traditionally some of the stuff has been free because the internet is a great way to publish content. So therefore people just publish it to the web. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think the idea, I guess what I'm trying to get at is you have an audience and therefore Mm -hmm. you're sort of monetizing the audience with your Mm -hmm. content. Any struggles with that? I know we kind of talked about that. Are you, could you share a little bit about how you feel about monetizing? And and um, you don't have to get into the details of monetizing, but just a, just an overall like, how what are you giving in exchange for money? I guess is the question I'm having. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think too, this is one of the things. So when I started this, I was not yet in school for creative writing. I went back and got my master's in in mm-hmm. creative writing and poetry specifically, and a big part of that program. Yes, there's a lot of writing, but um, there's also a lot of learning about the publishing industry. And mm-hmm. for so many people out there getting traditionally published, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. There are people mm-hmm. out there that do it. Um, it's not the reality for the majority of people who are writing online. And it can be great writing. And if the writing just like doesn't fit the market, they're never going to have a shot. And that sucks. But it is because we have built this big kind of like barrier to entry, right? As far Mm -hmm. as what traditional publishing looks like and who who and who does not have access to it. So the struggle was with From Whispers to Roars was like, okay, I have this website that I'm paying for. Um, You know, our first issue before I was charging submissions, submission fees, we received 500, 500. Wow. (laughs) Things to review. And I'm going, oh man, (laughs) like that's great. But then, you know, I'm going through them and I'm compiling this thing and I'm like, you know, I'm sinking 50 hours into this. How how can I keep this up and, Mm -hmm. you know, be sustainable and still provide a great service to people? Uh, So so the answer to that was adding a small submission fee. And that ranges between, you know, like two and five dollars, depending on the type of issue we're doing, depending on, you know, whether we're printing it or not, depending on are we doing contest prize 
prizes at the end, you know, for like best of, Mm -hmm. but you know, there is a learning curve as far as, and, and we still get pushed back occasionally. Someone will say like, why would I pay you to read my work? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like that's a valid question. Let me tell you why. Um, It's because you have someone who is trained to look at your work um, Mm -hmm. professionally, right? Like I'm, I'm not just some like person in a basement that started to start a literary magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm pretty good at this, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You're paying for that. Uh, And if you're published, you are paying for your work to be in front of a hundred thousand people and people they go what do you mean like how do you know that and i go well i do work in marketing and there's this beautiful thing called google analytics and here's a screenshot and i'll send it to them i do it all the time because people (laughs) people get real real up on their high horse about it and they're like oh and i'm like yeah like you if you're like selected your your work is published your work is going to be in front of 136,000 people this month um and that's how many people were at our website last month. And they go, oh, okay. All right. I can pay $2 for that. And I'm like, you know, if you, you know, and again, if, if you want to be a writer, a creative out there, you know, that $2 is not that big of an investment, but it does take some trust. You know, um, we try to be as transparent as possible and accessible. And, um, you know, we often, you know, donate portions of proceeds to nonprofits, uh, specifically environmental. I think Colorado is a place where that's really important. And we were born in Denver. Um, so, you know, we try to give back. And again, this is not like a major moneymaker. Now, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is not my full-time job here. Yeah, but it's yeah. sustainable. Yeah, yeah and that's it's, good. It's sustainable now. You know, it pays for the website. It pays for we use a great tool called Submittable so that people can submit their work. We read all of it blindly. Like they provide us with that software. Um, so we're, pay- we're paying for things like that. And, um, you know, then we pay for contest, you know, prizes and all that jazz. But yeah, it, it definitely takes some education and sometimes some pushback being like, hey, I get it. I'm a writer too. Like I pay to submit my work to places, some really yeah. reputable places, right? You know, like we're all in this together and you got to you got to give to get right. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how people um, squawk over a couple dollars, but but the truth is, is that you know, I, and I get, I see both sides. You know, they, it's also more like you don't want your information stolen more than anything over two dollars. You know, but exactly. but uh, but the truth is, like, it's hard, and and I think you're doing a great job with the idea of that you're building a community. I love the fact that it seems like you had such great success for getting. I mean, I would say getting 500 submissions your first couple go rounds is a huge success, right? Yeah. Um, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And that it's probably because you really hit a niche or niche, niche or niche audience, mm. right? Kind of you what you kind of knew who you were going after and you went after that, which I think is a good point for mm. the, the creator community. Like you have to really kind of know who you're going for. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I was talking about this. I hosted a, uh, a clubhouse yesterday with a friend of Heck mine. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. And we, and we were talking about creativity and business. So, you know, turning a creative hobby into a business, like creative operation standpoints, and then like creative marketing and how do, do we approach this? And I think it's so important. Something we talked about was really identifying your audience. And when I, when, when I started from Whispers to Wars, it was like, I'm going after indie poets. Like I'm going after people who have never been published. I'm trying to create a community for these people. Um, I'm giving, I'm trying to give them a platform and a voice in a world where, you know, poetry publishers are few and far between, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, um, photography and art publishers, few and far between, um, you know, unless you've had like 10 residencies and, you know, you, you have a doctorate and, you know, all the things 
So, so I think I, I did a good job initially of marketing to that group of people. And I, we have people who every time we open submissions are submitting to our magazine and they've mm-hmm. submit since the beginning, uh, which I think is so cool. Like the life cycle of what that looks like is pretty awesome. And I'm glad that we've built that kind of trust. That's great. So I want to switch gears a little bit. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, me, I'm a big productivity nerd. I love talking about productivity and, and especially when, especially when it comes to creating content and you've got, you run the gamut kind of like me, you've got your side hustle, you've got your clients, you've got your work, you've got this, you've got that. Mm-hmm. So you're a busy, busy person, you know, and I get that. Uh, let's talk a little bit how you manage that. If you don't mind, you know, I think, how so you've got your site you've got your website here i call it side hustle i don't mean i don't mean that in all oh no then, no uh, you know that, that's like a i mean that in as a positive way you know so when from, when you say side hustle i'm like which one is he talking about yeah. I, I quite literally have like five so. <laughs> you i i i so i have i have sometimes i joke i say this is my side hustle to my side hustle kind of thing so yeah. i get it mm-hmm. but but um so from whispers to war roars that's kind of the one i'm looking at right now at your website uh-huh. here how, how do you like manage that when you've got other stuff going on? Cause obviously if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. I would assume. Right. So do you yeah. spend a little bit of time every day? Like, do you, how do you work that into your life? Yeah. So with the magazine, I try really hard to adhere to that three, three issues a year. So we mm-hmm. try to be a tri-annual magazine and that gives me some airtime to breathe. So actually we just opened submissions yesterday for our first issue of 2021 that will be open for two weeks. So now I'm just kind of, you know, I'm on the back end. I'll be checking my, you know, the emails for that, you know, every other day questions come up when people are submitting their work, mm-hmm. right? It's a pretty vulnerable thing that mm-hmm. people are doing. Right. Right. So sometimes they have questions for me. Sometimes they have questions about the submission fees. Sometimes they have questions about, you know, the timeline of this. So I try my best depending on the schedule to once submissions start rolling in, um, I'll check the status of them in a minute. Let us know where we are on day one. Uh, we're usually about like 15 by now, which is pretty exciting, but I try to pretty, be pretty active and I try to stay on top of reviewing them in real time. So once I come in, um, I start reviewing just so at the end of the process, I don't have 200 that I have to go through. Mm-hmm. So I think a part of it is, you know, allotting 30 minutes a day, which, you know, I can sit here drink my coffee. I'm in a sunny room, you know, it's pleasant. It's great for me. Cause again, I'm on the writer side of this and I'm also get to be on this editor side. So it's how often do I get to sit down in my day to day and like read creative work. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, when submissions are open, I start reviewing them inevitably at the end, we get about a hundred in the last two days. Uh, so then I usually have about two weeks to start. I start combing through those over two weeks and then the big thing, you know, I, then I notify everyone all at one time. Hey, it's our pleasure to publish this. Hey, thank you for sending us this, but you know, we, mm-hmm. we're moving in a different direction. Um, so, you know, then there's some correspondence that goes into that. So how many, and how then, many, how many end up in the actual magazine? Did you say that? I'm sorry. Our acceptance rate varies, but I think it hovers around 5%. Okay. We receive a lot of submissions. <laughs> Yeah. So we receive a lot. Um, and you know, some, some issues are bigger than others. Uh, the print ones, we tend to keep around 50 pages, whereas the ones on, you know, hosted on our website can be a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. which we try to, you know, accommodate. And then once all of the notices have been taken out, we take everything that's been accepted and 
I start compiling the order. I'm pretty anal about this just because I don't want like two images next to each other. Like I want it to flow nicely. Like if you've just read a 2000 word piece of fiction, I want you to have a break and be able to read a poem of Mm -hmm. like a haiku, or I want Mm -hmm. you to have a break and be able to like, look at a really cool piece of art. That's like the marketing person in me. That's like, I need to chunk this out. Right. That process usually goes relatively fast. I'd say two days. So turnaround for these, I try once submissions are closed Mm -hmm. a month. Sometimes that doesn't happen for a variety of reasons um, because life, Mm -hmm. but I always try to like, Hey, I know we said we were going to publish this on this date. We're delayed two weeks. We're delayed one month. We're still on it. Don't worry. If you have any questions, let us know. And then when the issue goes live, uh, we email everyone and say, hey, thank you again. You can check out the issue. If you have any questions, you know, reach out to us. Or if you see anything that you want changed, you know, reach out to us. But the life cycle of it. So now for the next like month and a half, I'll be probably on it every day. Um, and then once that issue's out, I like to let it be out in the world and not have a distraction, not open submissions for a while. So I'll keep you know, that up for like a month and we'll, you know, plug it via our email list, via social media. Um, you know, sometimes we'll, sh- we'll, you know, shout individual people out, you know, do the tagging and all that stuff. People love that. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll open submissions again, probably in mid June, July. Cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, I lost my train of thought here in my own interview, but, but tell oh, me please. like, okay, I know I was going to ask, if you could do this full time, like if you could scale this up and, and do this full time, would it change? You know? Like the management style? Yeah, of it, or... If you could think of anything that you would change, would you publish more often? Would you um, not publish as often? Would you try to expand it out into a larger market? Any ideas if you could go bigger with it? Yeah. I mean, I think this would become something that I would need to do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to be consistent with like that content creation. And I'm actually have a list of content that I'm writing today for the site, Mm -hmm. but that would become less of not less of a resource because I think the blog has in many ways been a good resource and that has generated a lot of traffic as far as SEO Mm -hmm. goes Uh, as a content writer who focuses on SEO. I would be going after those SEO keywords rather than trying to provide as many like tidbits, interviews, I I would be targeting the keywords, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from a marketing standpoint. So there'd be aggressive, there would be an aggressive content SEO focused strategy there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I would put, I would start investing in kind of traditional marketing as far as, yeah, I'd probably take out some display ads on some of the kind of like poet resource websites. So there's like poets.org, poets and writers. Um, I start going after that. And I think that's probably where I'd start. And then we'd see what works and what didn't, like all marketing is. And (laughs) then you revise and do it again. But yeah, it would definitely start with that SEO-based content strategy because right now that is how a lot of people land on our site. That's actually what I was going to ask you next too. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're, aside from your site, from whispers to roars and working with clients and stuff like that, you know, I like to call this podcast this the blog you want because I'm a I'm a blogger by, mm-hmm. by love and by nature. But I really feel that today this is really about the content you want. You know, like kind of like what type of content 
today because obviously we're creating video we're creating audio we're creating all uh, written content i mean uh, obviously the literary stuff is is written but i mean how do you feel that how do you you think that's good or bad like what type of content would you be creating today if you you know if you had unlimited opportunity you know you know it's funny too because i was i was talking to a fellow poet uh we connected through instagram i try really hard to be accessible on instagram and then Mm -hmm. i like make friendships with people that i probably might not never meet, but it's great to like pick their brain and have these conversations. But I was thinking, you know, not from the, from which restores perspective, but from the like RR Noel perspective of like, how am I sharing my poetry? How am I interacting with people? And there would be more video. Um, and that's coming in my fourth book. Um, my fourth book comes with a playlist. I haven't told anyone this yet okay. publicly. So my fourth book, book comes with a playlist. And I think a part of that is because I want people to start looking at poetry as not this like single thing. Like I don't want people to go and buy my poetry book and have it be like this transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they read it and then they put it on their shelf. Like mm-hmm. I want them to be able to interact with it in new ways. So I've been dr- brainstorming how am I going to market this? How do I extend it to different platforms? And yeah, that's something that's on my mind for, from Whisper Stores as well. I mean, it extends when you think of content and I think, and something I've thought about, I have not pulled the trigger on this yet because time and money, right? Mm-hmm. But I've thought about doing a podcast for, from Whisper Stores and just interviewing different creatives kind of about their process. Because again, I think the fault of, internet art and internet creativity is that we see the end result and not the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that talking about that process and normalizing it is really important. And again, I talked to this gentleman this week about poetry and he's like, it seems like you like know what you're doing. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Yes. I work in marketing, but like you, you don't know what's going on always with the algorithm. You don't know like what's working and what's not. And it's weird when you have a post and all of a sudden like 500 people are sliding into my DMs and it's like, why that one? You know, you don't always know. You're not an expert. So I think that being able to throw different things at the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't is is a big part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I wrote down and I think that some, some of my takeaways from this conversation is one, really knowing your audience and going after an audience. And also giving them what they want, right? People who are yes. literary yes. fiction, literary writers or, or poets, they want to be seen. They want to have their works. For the most part, they want to be, they want someone to read what they're writing, right? To get to, uh, to make it worth their time, I guess you could say. Not everyone is like that, but um, you're giving people what they want and you're, you're really building a community around a liked interest, which is great, right? Yeah. Um, tell us again. Yeah, that's great. So look, I think this has been a really enlightening conversation, even uh, for the little time that we've talked, but give us a little idea how people can find you online and get in touch with you uh, for your sites. Awesome. Yeah. So I just redid my own website. Um, it's rrnoll.com, um, N-O-A-L-L. You can always reach out to me through there. I also, all my social links are on there. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm pretty active on Twitter, pretty active on Instagram, kind of the nature of the beast here. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, if, if you're interested in submitting to this submissions for, from whispers to roars, um, you can find us again, Instagram, Twitter, 
or through the website from whispers to roars.com. All the information and links is on there. Um, the explanation of why we charge submission fees is on there. Uh, there are also a lot of like blogs and resources that are on there and be on the lookout for more because it is on my radar and I am taking Fridays now to like work on a lot of creative projects. And I think there are big things coming. Um, I would like to grow up more. And it's something that's, that's on my brain. And as far as that, you know, I work in marketing. So if you ever want to talk about how to grow your small business, uh, I work exclusively with small business owners and entrepreneurs and local SEO specifically, if that's something that you know about. Uh, and that business is called GMB Pirate. And I kind of work with anyone and everyone, but I work with small business owners because uh, creative entrepreneurs are the best. And I love picking their brains, getting to know them and supporting them. So if you ever have any of those needs, please reach out to me. Wow. So you're not all niche to one area. You've got, you work with everyone, right? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Rachel, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me and sharing some ideas on how to uh, work with content and different types of content. I think it's for me, I'm so focused on business and listicles and like the type of how-to content. It's refreshing to see that people are creating content that's not that's more works of art in my opinion versus just trying to market themselves and do this and that so thank you thank you yeah I think there's so much that can go into it and I think we often forget that there is room for both in these creative spaces and we don't have to segment it and I think there are there are conversations out there happening and it's so important that we're talking about this so thank you cool uh till next time bye now awesome thank you Scott